0: Sure.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Austin, Texas, the show of being really, really smart, passing the L side, and always being driven to do the next big thing. Today's guest as a continuation of Wine Week on Show to V. Yes, yes, the first of probably many chats about wine. I'm sorry to those of you who are really interested in wine and feel I haven't shed enough light on it. I swear I'm going to rectify that particular grievance, and who better to do that with than Master Psalm, June Rodil. June is a staple personality, mind, and business ambitious, go-getting entrepreneur in Austin, Texas. And we talk about lots of stuff. We talk about wine, of course. We talk about playing music, being a nerd, going to grad school, LSAT, and the upcoming June Rodiel, McGuire Mormon Hospitality Collaborative Project, June's. Should be easy for you guys to remember. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with June Rodiel. A Somalwar? What well, is that?
2: Exactly. Somalian?
1: <laughs> don't go there. Uh, yeah. It's terribly dangerous. <laughs> How dare you? So you got, when we were kind of trying to arrange this, you were getting back into the country? Is that right? Were you?
2: Uh, I was in New Zealand. Yes.
1: That's pretty time. far. Like, I don't know it if you amazing. can get farther, actually. I
2: don't think so. It's actually, for wine, it's the southern, most southeasterly region in the world. No kidding. Um That I went to, but it was my first time there it was really fabulous what
1: what took you to new zealand um so oh, there's flight a flight of the Concord reunion. yes exactly <laughs> oh my That's god there's flight <laughs> of the and hobbitstown
2: um <laughs> no uh it's a, a new zealand wine growers is kind of a consortium uh-huh. a marketing firm for new zealand wines oh wow and they have uh, um kind of offices in the united states and the uk mm-hmm. in europe and china and they have a trip once a year where it's international wine people. So oh, cool. media, um, sommeliers, uh, and we all come together and, yeah. and they show us New Zealand. And it's kind of our job. That's amazing. Afterwards to give them feedback. It's, it's very.
1: Feedback on, on what the tour, the products? Or? The,
2: mostly the products, mostly yeah. the wine. I mean, definitely they want feedback on how the tour went. Um, time management organization right, but right. you're really there to discover the land and the regions and the people and the wines because there's not actually a lot of representation of New Zealand wines like smaller growers in Yeah, the I mean United it's not States. a very
1: big country, right?
2: No, it's not. And they and don't have,
1: yeah, there's, there's not a seat at the table yet for that.
2: Not not quite yet. You, big companies, sure. you know, like you see you do like New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc is so popular. Mm. Um but You know, there's all these, like, small boutique growers, just just like anywhere else that you would find. sure. I mean, we're drinking something from California that's a small boutique grower. But it's much more difficult to get that from so far away
1: into the U.S. Just Well, it's a hell of a journey. Yeah, exactly. Do do things grow pretty well out there? Yes. Do they have a lot of fruits and grapes and things that grow? Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, it's basically a very contained and sustainable country yeah i mean it has to be because it's so far away from it's everything insulated.
1: it's you know mm-hmm. or insular I really rather. exactly
2: um and i mean really really great agriculture aside from wine like their produce was oh, man. amazing and How's of it? course I, seafood my god so I, good
1: would you is it so of course because i'm i'm a, I'm a tad hungry so <laughs> was there something that you had that you're like this just tastes so different and so much more crisp or fresh uh, food wise yeah. oh
2: my gosh yes um so the they call rock lobster crayfish uh-huh. okay. so i didn't know what that was so they're uh-huh. like we're going to get some cray and chips and i was like crayfish and french fries got it and then we go to this little <laughs> this little shack on a beach uh-huh. and they're literally like just bringing in rock lobsters oh my gosh. live rock lobsters from the beach and we're popping open bottles of wine and it's just a very New Zealand experience. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you don't get you don't get a lobster like that. I I can't imagine. It's really really it's it's sweet. Yeah. Um. And it's fresh. Like even in Texas, if we get Maine lobster, it's been flash
1: frozen it has just to for safety's right? sake. Yeah, sure. So
2: to be able to like watch someone pick it up from a net and then Man. they make it for you, it's insane. pretty
1: insane. what pretty do they serve? what do they serve it with?
2: Nothing. Butter. So it's just.
1: It's just, just butter.
2: It's boiled lobster with oh, drawn man. butter, and you're like you eat it with your hands. Yeah, they didn't have forks. You just eat it with your hands. What do you pair with that? Um, we'd had sparkling wine.
1: Beautiful.
2: Yeah, sparkling um, uh, New Zealand like uh, Chardonnays, yeah. Pinot Noir blends, basically um, in the style of champagne. So pretty serious. serious so, wine.
1: when are you writing the book? I don't. <laughs> so so funny capturing this amazing uh, series of experiences.
2: I I am a horrible writer, but a very good assessor.
1: Um. <laughs> if you if they give you like a series of check boxes, it's yeah. perfect, right?
2: I I don't know. I mean, I basically I'm there to like be an ambassador. So yeah. Uh, essentially, they'll do master classes for mm. the trade, and then they'll bring in myself to a big trade event to kind of talk to talk to them about the regions of the wines. Wow.
1: And, and so would you consider yourself a compatriot of Texas or the United States in, in the capacity you usually travel? Is it for the state or for the Depends.
2: Nation? In this in this instance, with New Zealand wine growers, is, it was an inter- international trip. So yeah. it was definitely um, as a representative
1: from the states. Yeah, that's cool. It's pretty crazy. Is everybody cool there? It like they're really cool. In New Zealand? Yeah. They are rad. Really cool, right? Yeah,
2: they are chill and awesome. They like
1: to drink too. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> do they have pubs or do they call it something else? No, now? they totally
2: have pubs. They good, have pubs, good, good. Uh, ale houses, um, really fabulous coffee.
1: Really? too. Where which, does it come from?
2: Uh, they make it. Well, I mean, they they source it. Okay. So they are, there are like single origin coffees, but yeah. it's not a country with like a Starbucks around the corner all the time. That's nice. Everything is like, around the corner is, like, your local coffee person. The dude
1: who does it, the thing.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of a nerd about coffee. So whenever I, I stepped off the airport or I stepped off the plane, the first coffee shop I saw had, mm. like, a La Marzocco machine, and it was in the airport. And and it was, the I mean, airport? everybody had serious, serious coffee makers. And I was like, this is, this is a good country.
1: But it's not. Good, it's good coffee country. Seemingly devoid of pretension, though, too. Like, everybody's just down to earth. They yeah. just like good stuff. Yes. Gotta love that. How long's a cool. flight out there?
2: A long time. There is now a direct flight from Houston to Auckland. No kidding. Which is awesome. Um, I got it on the way back. It's not like super regular. Yeah. Um, and it was a little over thirteen hours. That's not so bad. It's a <laughs> <laughs> Some people are like oh, I
1: would die.
2: <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, yeah, you like sleep for seven hours, and then but you, you like, drink first. Sleep bit.
1: drink. It's so yeah. there is a. Pr- it's a pretty cush gig. I have you no. Gotta tell you.
2: Oh, and I have to say, so you, I think basically the only airline that goes in there is Air New Zealand. Okay, which is an awesome airline yeah. because it was made by New Zealanders, <laughs> and they're the people that have to travel the furthest for this yeah. to get oh, yeah. anywhere, right? So they act. It's pretty comfortable. It's a pretty comfortable.
1: I imagine yeah. what's the the wine selection pretty good. I Imagine it's yes. pretty good. Pretty good. Yes. I, I was ecstatic when United started carrying Buffalo Trace bourbon in the little bottles. Nice,
2: right? Changed the
1: changed the yes. game. No more Jim Beam. No more. Why? Well, I, I have no problem. No, no problem okay, with but, Jim Beam. But still, but you're like not oh. my preference, right? Like you guys struck a deal. I'm gonna just travel just for the sake of getting the little wienery, yes, little Buffalo Trace. I love. It, I yeah. love it too. I was like, it's, what is this? So cool, right? And then all the lounges and stuff. Like it, it, it's good. Traveling isn't so bad.
2: It's, it's not. If you travel often, then you like start kind of getting into your pattern. Yeah. And it's almost like you're, it's your alone time.
1: Very true. You Do you, How often would you say you travel? Like in a quarter?
2: Um, and it depends. I mean, a trip like that is once a year, yeah. maybe twice a year. That was a, an extremely long trip. And I don't like oh, yeah. being away. It was, it was 16 days away from work. Oh, geez. And I don't like being away from work that often. What
1: about being away from the... The, the wonderful love of your life, that's got to be tough as well, yeah?
2: Oh, super, I mean, not super hard, but it's hard. I mean, yeah. he, he'll he start missing me like day six, <laughs> you know? Day six. day six. he's like, hey you're going to come home ever? <laughs> but, you know, the first week he's like, yeah, I'm going to like do whatever
1: I want. And then it gets boring doing what you want. Yeah,
2: then, it really then it's like, I'm watching Netflix a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Have you went out what, at all? Like, what, nah, I just feel like.
2: Oh, you're like, yeah, no, I went out hard for the first three days <laughs> and then I'm done.
1: it's so strange that's how it is it's like lydia left for a weekend i'm like cool so she left friday went to king b had some mezcal francisco we were talking about was in town great great mezcal selection I love the the best dude like the the it's my favorite place for mezcal they brought this new bottle Blah, blah blah so we do it I'm like cool with my friend you know i get to spend some time and then saturday watching movies all day like it's not a productive use of time and then, and then Sunday, by the time Sunday afternoon rolls around, I'm like, when's she getting back?
2: Okay. <laughs> well, that so was really was a really crazy bachelor life for one day. Yeah, I can't
1: I just am I is it because I'm old? I don't know. It's because we're older. It's because we're old. It it's because we're old. Right. It's I still sweet, got edge. What is edge? Maybe I don't
2: know. For one day. You have edge for one day. It's totally fine. It's just in it's the smartphone. Gra- it spur. was the
1: greatest Netflix purge of all time. <laughs> So you are you from Texas originally?
2: No, I'm originally from a little city called Covite City. It's right outside of Manila. So I was born in the in Philippines. Philippines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. yeah. I lived there until I was almost five, and my parents um, moved to Dallas. They're uh, nurses. Right. So nurse. Oh, yeah, interesting. So, so it's very common Filipino nurses getting kind of uh, recruited um, from the United States because. So
1: they were, they were recruited, really made all the the paperwork and everything possible. Mm-hmm. That's a good, good yeah. Gig. Well,
2: I mean, it, it's it's an awesome gig, but it is a little bit difficult. Like growing up, my mom went first, uh-huh. and then it took a few years for oh, my to paperwork
1: that. to. Oh, man, who are you
2: staying with? See my grandparents.
1: Wow. Yeah. You have any brothers or sisters? I
2: have two younger sisters. Um, they're they were born in the United States. They were born. In oh, Dallas. cool.
1: So after you guys, made it mm-hmm. how, how old did you say were when you moved into?
2: Um, four States? and a half.
1: Oh, so it's like seamless for you, right?
2: Pretty much. I mean, you know, even
1: though you're staying with your grandparents, but
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it was a transition for sure. I do remember it because yeah. it's kind of it's your formative it's years. Jarring, right? It's uh, well, I had to learn English. You you do learn English when you're you know going to school but mm. that's kind of that was the start of me learning english when yeah. i was four and like preschool so i had to really kind of get a grasp of it within the span of three months yeah to be able to stay in the proper grade
1: oh no kidding yeah. so it's like five you have to do this well thing. you know
2: it, it would not have been an issue to be a grade behind but yeah. i think it was important to my mom for me to kind of socially integrate yeah, yeah. um pretty quickly and then because I, I was already you know different because I did not speak English. <laughs> right. Well,
1: and your parents knew English by that point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. 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 Being in that kind of that. So, a any specialties? Was it like RN? Was it a specific? Um, area my mom's an
2: RN. She um she now specializes in wound care. So uh-huh. she does preventative wound care research at uh, UT in Arlington. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah UT. Yeah. Yes. Um, but she was with a Baylor system for like. Thirty years. No kidding. Yeah, this is very new. Um, yeah. but it's great. I mean, she 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 found a specialty, and it's incredible. It's fabulous. Yeah, and your
1: your dad as well.
2: My dad. My dad's a nurse as well. Um, general practice, kind of oh, nursing. Cool.
1: Yeah. So. so what's that like? It, did you like the newness, the the difference? Because I imagine obviously everybody looks different. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's different language. Schools are totally different. Right. the Pace is different. Right. Of life in Dallas, even though Dallas is pretty busy. I oh, know, but- I
2: freaked out, man. Like I like freaked out. I remember like freaking out at an inside grocery store because you don't have those in There's the Philippines.
1: Just open markets, right? Just open
2: markets. And like my my mom found me crying in the middle of an aisle because I didn't know where to go because it was just so expansive yeah, and yeah. huge with like fluorescent lighting and- Artificial and every way, It was way, very right? artificial. Um, and it was really, really scary. It was really funny. Uh, and I mean, looking back, you know, I was like, man, I was like, I, I cried it out. For probably like half of a year. Really? Oh my God. Just because it was so different. It was so shocking. It was so shocking. Wow.
1: Was it, was it easy to meet people?
2: For sure, because you're in school. Yeah, um, you, you kind of have and to I, assimilate, and, right? And yeah, and for the, by the time that you go to school, you're kind of like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. There's people, there's kids, we're all kind of like learning the Doing same thing. Doing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're all learning math together, so, you know, and then there was like, I had like a, a Cool little best best next door neighbor friend yeah. or whatever. So you it's, just integrate as quickly as possible. Kids are adaptable.
1: Yeah, you know? t- well, they're totally open at that point. Yeah, and it was we like, become oh, really cri- really rigid when we're older.
2: So true. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm gonna cry it out. Okay, I'm good, and that yeah. was it. You know, you're
1: cool. I'm cool. Cool. We're yeah. good, right? But if we, but now it's like, oh, you did that. Mm, oh no, so Now,
2: terrible. yeah. You're just like we're all super judgy. <laughs> I don't know what happens.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think you, accum- you accumulate. Experiences and thus you kind of chip away at life, sure. You know, it's like, well, I did that one time, wasn't for me, woke up in a dumpster, right? No <laughs> exactly. more, yeah. Thank you very much. No yeah, more Jaeger,
2: right? Go- mine is Goldschlager, like, right? Never again, Goldschlager, yes. never again. Junior year of high school, never again. It's so pretty, though. It's <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's oh, stunning. this seems cool. Cinnamon is delicious. <laughs>
1: Until no, it's, it's not, not delicious. No, it's not. Anymore, anymore. Is there a big Filipino community where you guys were living?
2: Uh, no, not really. I mean, not so much. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely kind of like the only Filipino kid in my school within my group of friends. Really? Okay. I mean, there were other Filipinos here and there, but yeah. it wasn't like a, and it definitely wasn't like we're Filipino and we band together. Right, we right. just kind of are there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? we did it. That's the white people. As a white person, that's the assumption <laughs> we make, like, Wait, you guys don't band together?
2: Yeah. The? Do you know so-and-so from Chicago? She's Filipino, too. No.
1: I don't even know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. I'm like, no, I don't know her. So it was a pretty good experience, and you finished high school up outside. Was it Dallas proper, or was it outside? Um,
2: of in, I finished high school in Mesquite. I started, Mesquite, okay. um, I went to Catholic school. Oh, really? Uh, in
1: my... Filipinos Catholic? What are you talking about? <laughs>
2: <It's> so rare. <laughs> uh, Total, total Catholic school uh, <laughs> when I was in elementary school. And then uh, my parents moved to the Burbs. Uh, and then I went to a public school. It was awesome and get to wear your own clothes. Totally different, right? Yeah.
1: No more uniform. No
2: more nuns. It was really cool. Didn't have to go to church every day. Yeah. It, I felt so much freedom. Um, and then I uh, grew up in the Burbs, went to high school there, and actually left high school early to go to a magnet school. Yeah. Um, and, and left home. Because when I was you 16. were uh,
1: really. Really erudite, really academically inclined, or because you started a fight?
2: Um, maybe a little <laughs> bit of both. No, <laughs> uh, academically inclined. Basically, you you do have to take a, a psych test uh-huh. to make sure that you can, and um, an IQ test, yeah, to make really? sure that you can cope. Really? You, you go. You have to like get a um, a counselor to sign off on it, oh, and, shit, that's and your your parents like sign off on it to make sure that you know I hereby allow my child to go to college early. Blah blah
1: blah. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, I mean, it's good. Yeah, you don't I mean, even do that for Uber drivers. Like, yeah. <laughs>
2: I, I highly recommend people like going through the <laughs> testing before going to college.
1: Was it is it when tough you're getting psycho psychologically analyzed? I've never been.
2: No, it wasn't a. It was a counselor. It was okay, and okay. and um a psychologist. It wasn't anything super intense.
1: It's just like some questions. Yeah,
2: and yeah. you, I honestly never really thought. I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. You know, it's two years earlier than the normal. Um, and sixteen person. Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: were you equipped to even like. I, I wouldn't have been equipped to to take on that additional responsibility at that young of an age. I was
2: stoked. I mean, I really? was totally the kid that was like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And it was very weird, I think, because, you know, in high school, um, I was like doing fine, you know, yeah. I was in like AP classes, captain of the cheerleading squad like all these, like. What didn't things. you do? June? I, <laughs> I play the violin. <laughs> do very, you really? It's a very Asian thing. Guys. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, and maybe that was it. Maybe it was just like, oh, what do you got? Kind of what my, do you got, life? I'm going. I'm going through the motions, and it didn't seem. It didn't seem right. Like there was something very. I didn't feel like socially, like. I didn't feel like I fit into yeah. a specific clique. I didn't find my people in
1: high school. Is it because you were so ambitious and kind of just that step ahead of people that weren't necessarily interested? Or I don't know. I just... think
2: I think it was more so that I was interested in many things and oh. there wasn't one thing that drove me. And I think in high school, it's very easy to be, you know, known for very, one specific thing, right? Right, right? So like, you know, if you're a cheerleader, you're a cheerleader. Right and i would, like i really love like my ap classes yeah. and i really love music. music and i really loved you know like reading all the time and going to where did the music to,
1: bug come from was it in your family or just something another thing to kind of take up and really i think it was master?
2: no i think it was like and now it's time to find an instrument for you to play kind of thing
1: <laughs> They're and just stacking it on you
2: know yeah. and you're like okay i choose the violin <laughs>
1: Yeah. Why the violin? It's the, it's it's a beautiful. I love classical music. To know mm-hmm.
2: this, I have small hands. Okay, that so, makes some sense. Yeah. So piano was kind of like not for me. Yeah.
1: And no tuba. It's just too big.
2: N- that tuba was kind of gone. Like my sister, my younger sister is like, I'm gonna play the drums and the guitar, and nice. I was like that's way cooler than the
1: violin. <laughs> <laughs> is she the edgier version? Oh yeah. She was yeah. like, I'm just gonna bang on these things. And I was like,
2: good <laughs> for you. Wow, I chose the violin. Hmm.
1: <laughs> What's beautiful wonderful instrument
2: beautiful beautiful and like i do i love orchestra like Mm -hmm. i love going to the symphony i think it's a it's i think that classical music is wonderful i love going to the opera yeah um you still get to play at all no i i mean i'd be in like i'd be in like suzuki book one okay probably (laughs) if i like
1: had to do it
2: but i I could twinkle little star i could probably pick it up uh fairly quickly but it's been it's been ages really ages since i did that
1: so how was the school the, you said. Mag. I, so it was called. Uh, it's Magnet called. It's
2: basically. I mean, that's how I refer to it. Huh. But it's essentially. It's a. It's a government, appro- a Texas government-approved school, okay. whereby you get your credits simultaneously to graduate and your core curriculum during your first two years of college. Understood. Okay. Yeah. okay. And this
1: so, was in Mesquite as well.
2: No, it was at in Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont. <laughs> yeah, at God. Lamar. At good old Lamar University. The irony is the school was a humanities school, a humanities kind of program, but uh, Lamar University is an engineering school. How did they balance that shit? I don't know. It's just like... It worked out for you, though. It, it worked out for me. Um, Beaumont is kind of... No offense to anyone from Beaumont, but it is a little bit like the <laughs> armpit of Texas.
1: <laughs> Spent a month in Beaumont one <sighs> night.
2: I mean, it smells like sulfur. Sure. So, I mean, and that's like a... It's hilarious because that is a wine smell uh-huh. that's so specific that like i will never miss like i know exactly
1: what you've sulfur. got the best training about sulfur i know like, you grew up with it
2: like 0.001 parts per million i know <laughs> that
1: that's a sulfur smell this is the beaumont smell
2: yeah i know that smell very well um yeah and then went to school there for two years transferred to mm-hmm. ut in austin In austin mm-hmm. and i moved to ut when i was 18
1: what, what year are we talking
2: 1998 i'm an 80s baby
1: so am I. You, you were going to college when I was still putzing around with a choker necklace in high I school. I mean,
2: just because I went to college early does not mean that I graduated early. How about that?
1: Well, <laughs> sure, good. That makes me feel a little bit better, but it still took me six years.
2: I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, like, I think altogether because I decided that I needed a second major probably was like seven or eight years. Oh, that's good. Because I just was, I just, I mean, and honestly, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And there's the pressure of like, Having gone for it so yeah. young, and then the realization that so my degree is in English, it's in oh. English literature, and I definitely didn't want to go into academia. Uh, just that that world seemed just bizarre, stiffer, uh, just bizarre. Honestly, like because it, it's weird when you're when your world is liberal arts oriented, and then you realize that academia is very bureaucratic. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and and I mean the world is bureaucratic, and maybe I was just still very idealistic at that time and yeah. I was like why can't I just like read and research and like, blah
1: blah blah yeah yeah not have to play the game
2: exactly right. so I got I got a part-time job um, as a file clerk uh, with these attorneys that are amazing like I still know them They're so <laughs> rad. Uh, and Shoot, yeah and then I took yeah. my I took my LSAT took an LSAT uh course, took my LSAT, got accepted to law school, did not go because what? I had I did not want to do it.
1: So okay, all right. So you go, you go to UT, you finish two years at the in Beaumont, mm-hmm. two years at UT as an English, but mm-hmm. uh, it ends up being a little bit longer. Take your LSATs, so you're completely primed to be mm-hmm. a law student. The parents are proud, I'm sure.
2: Oh, I'm sure, sure.
1: What sure. one was it? Any kind of just shock to the system going into Austin? Which I mean, you've been Mesquite suburbia, but it's so close to Dallas. Kind of mm-hmm. get a metropolitan feel. But being by yourself mm-hmm. in Austin and kind of introduced into that, was it were you just totally embracing it? Was it any different socially for you?
2: Oh no, I totally embraced Austin. I mean, I embraced uh, the academy, the yeah. the magnet school. I embraced being independent mm-hmm. immediately. I mean, in the back of my mind, I was probably independent when I was eight, you know? <laughs> so like I thought I was an only child even though I had two younger sisters, kind right, of thing. Right. Um. So yeah, completely embraced it, loved it, worked all the time too. I had a part-time job at a, at a, a law firm mm-hmm. plus another part-time job in the hospitality industry. That's how I fell in love with it. Where about? In in the Driscoll.
1: You were working at the Driscoll. Yeah. What were you doing over there?
2: I was. I started off as a cocktail server.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll never forget. Um, my still friend Paula Restor's yeah. boss Scott Walker was my boss then. No kidding. Yeah, and um he thought it was horrible Cocktail why did he server. Think that? oh just because like i had no idea what i was doing I was 19 you know
1: yeah it happens
2: i was like here's some scotch and it was uh you could still smoke cigars oh, indoors I remember that before
1: the ban yeah yeah
2: and i could like i could sell like a hundred dollar cigar just because i memorized the differences between the different cigars like in terms you know? of the,
1: the way that they were raised or the flavors? Just or?
2: like, you know, the the supposed flavor. I never smoked cigars in my life. Right. But just like, you know, read up on them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's, yeah, Even the Winston Churchill. And people were like, <laughs> okay. Um, but at the
1: same time, it's like, that's, I imagine there's a, a fork in the road at some point, right? You finish mm-hmm. your LSAT. I don't even know how long it took you to prepare for those. But how long do you take to, to uh, study I, for the LSAT? Like six months. Jeez. That's something, I mean, it's like, Chunk of change.
2: Yeah, and, and it was not ex, not inexpensive to take oh, a, yeah. like a
1: Kaplan course
2: either. I was yeah, like, this is lot. what I should do. Um, yeah, and, but you,
1: but did, was one picking up steam over the other, or what? So what was it that you thought? Like I, you know, what law? I just I can't do it.
2: Well, I couldn't. I decided that I didn't want to do it because I realized that I was already doing things that I really liked. Yeah. you know, I think that during that time. This is in the early 2000s, uh-huh. like the role of the sommelier or the beverage directors, you know, not really, wasn't very much seen in, in the Austin
1: food world. Yeah, all. right. There wasn't you much know? of it. There wasn't a scene necessarily. No, not at
2: all. Not at all. And, and it's difficult to, to really take the leap to see that, you know, like. To see that you can make a life out of hospitality. Yeah. I think now if you know someone was 23, 24 and that it would be much easier to say like, oh, I want to be a hospitality professional. Mm. Absolutely. Like you see it in the media. There's reality television shows, radio shows, a everything. It's an
1: ABC show now, right? Exactly. It's a thing. It is a legitimate career
2: now. It is a legitimate career and it is awesome. And sure. I love it. But it was very scary when I was, in my early 20s and I was like man I really like the service industry and I was the captain yeah. of uh, you know of the Driscoll. but by that time like doing the pairings but people would still just be like oh you're a waiter and I'm like yeah right. they'd
1: reduce it immediately mm-hmm. right it's- you're a
2: waiter and it it sucked it sucked so you automatically think that that's not a plausibility for you to continue to do that for right. the rest of your life or to be able to, like, you don't see the growth perspective.
1: Right. It's almost like people equating you to strippers or something. Oh, no, you're, you're a server. And, yeah. and
2: and you're like, yeah, but I re-, and then you're like, I really like it. I yeah. really like it. It's actually. rich. It's
1: full of academic, academic knowledge, applied knowledge. Yeah, all absolutely. It. Absolutely.
2: And I think that there is many, <laughs> many of failed liberal arts student that has gone into the hospitality <laughs> industry. Yeah. But there's like a, there's a kinship between like liberal arts and hospitality.
1: Oh I my think. gosh. You're so, yeah. And Whether it's music, it. g- mm-hmm. no surprise that you played music, although I-, I imagine it was part of the portfolio you had to put together as the upright student. great <laughs> right, talking right. everything, right? But So was at some point, there's a lot of money in law, right or wrong, ethical or not, there's a lot of money in it.
2: Absolutely. And, and no, and at some point I was like, you know, I need to find a job that will allow me to enjoy all the things that I have just found, yeah. which is wine, food, you know, like travel, all of mm-hmm. these things that I've experienced as a waiter. Right, right. You know, but how do I continue? How do I sustain being able to how taste foie gras yeah, and yeah. caviar and Krug champagne? Like all of these things that you get you get to taste as, you know, essentially someone that's serving, mm-hmm. but you still get to be part of that world. And it's not... There, there's not a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of industries where that happens. I don't think so either. So I was like, ah, I'll just be, I'll be a, a lawyer.
1: And I mean, I. <laughs> was it that way? Did you have any. Pro- of course, your intelligence makes you have a inherent predilection. Mm-hmm. Love, okay. Right. Now that's like fine. Right. Because obviously you think about things. quick. I already just talking to you. I can tell you can think on the fly. You can frame arguments and frame logic really, mm-hmm. really quickly. So you have a propensity towards it, which is great. But when did did you ever have to break it to your folks? Like they're like, Oh yeah, lawyer's good. Lawyer that's good. That's a good one.
2: Oh, of course. Of course. They're like, That sounds great. You'd be an excellent attorney. Right. And, like and, then they're like And this. and honestly, I probably would have been. Like I'm I'm a pretty logical human being and that's probably one of the best attributes to yeah. being a good attorney. Um, but depending on the the field that you go into. Mm. But I would have been bored out of my mind you know yeah. I really would and 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 I still go back to the guys that I used to work for and they're like you are our most famous law clerk because <laughs> because you didn't go to law school it's you amazing. decided not to do
1: it and it's that's like Matt cool. Damon going to Harvard like fuck it I'm out right? yeah like,
2: and, and they were just like it's really cool because you know what there's too many lawyers out there anyway there are it's cool that you found something that's unique and suits you well
1: do you ever get into the law dramas
2: the law trauma yeah like, like
1: I, making a murderer and like all this stuff and that
2: I haven't I haven't but I probably would would suck you, it
1: up you would be real I think you'd be in upheaval about yeah. some of this stuff like like Sarah did yeah, I didn't with the thing
2: I didn't do the serial. I didn't do I didn't do making a murder because yeah. I feel like I would have you know it would it would hold up in my house
1: absolutely
2: and watched all of them it's hard all because
1: you consider yourself a logical person right which you feel Yes, you do.
2: (laughs) Yes, or 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 logical enough to know when I am being extremely illogical. See,
1: which is great. Self awareness, (laughs) massive point in being aware, and and logic, logical rather, making a murder. And it won't get into much, but it's not even about that show. Mm -hmm. It's just about people framing an argument against each other. Really, right? It's just a pissing contest. That's what the court of law is. Really, sure. The defense versus the prosecution oh, well, you know what, blah, 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 you're wrong because of it. It feels like a fucking sandbox when you're in elementary school. I, mean, and I,
2: would, I will tell you this, like, I really, really enjoy being right. It is my favorite <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah. I like winning and I like being right. And that kind of makes me sound like an asshole. But I was like, oh, that is a really good uh, career to go into if those are two things that I,
1: I enjoy sure. extremely. Well, it's even better when you're a server. <laughs> Who's more right than the server that has knowledge? No one can negate that. And you get some people that are like, oh, but this is bad or this is bad. That's a pretty nice place of <laughs> power if no. you think about it.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I was like, man, I'm just kind of an asshole. I'm <laughs> just like really being right. <laughs> it's
1: not so bad. How, how does it get you, as an aside, how, does it, how far does it get you down the path when you have what one might consider a uh, disagreement with your particular partner? How does that wanting to be right treat you?
2: Oh, with 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 there, Aaron.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well,
2: we both really, really like to be right. Oh, that's good.
1: That's uh, great. I and can we see both
2: that's... really, really like winning. So it's a very interesting.
1: Very smart too, both of you. Uh, yeah, So you can, you can smart. Prove that argument just slightly better than the other.
2: We once like had we were at a party and we were pa- playing video games, Dr. Mario.
1: Uh, oh. Dr.
2: Mario. Yeah. Dr. Got in a lot of
1: trouble about Dr. Mario.
2: And we were having a party and everybody was having a wonderful time. And then Aaron and I were against each other at Dr. Mario. <laughs> and there was a moment where I looked behind me and everybody had left. They were outside drinking, you know, having a <laughs> cigarette because apparently it was too tense. And I didn't even realize <laughs> it, nor did he, because apparently we were just like in yelling. moment, right? Cussing, freaking out, and like winning. That's all we needed to do. Like video games are are for winning. <laughs> and people just left and they're like, that that was kind of intense, guys. <laughs> if so so else. we we play on teams together.
1: See, that's good. Keep it, yes. build a momentum, build yes. a cadence.
2: Yes. So we would be like on the same Scrabble team. Yes. On the right, same right. trivial pursuit team. Like we do that together.
1: Because Then who's gonna beat you then? Two winners working together? <laughs> that's a lot of winning power. Oh
2: man, right. <laughs> sorry to all our friends out there
1: it happens dr mario you know if nothing else can be learned from this particular chat dr mario brings out the darkest yes. annals of human nature dr mario <laughs> yes the music even is kind of evil you get to choose it's so good it's so good a
2: a lot. Really i love the dr
1: mario <laughs> it's fucking great really good <laughs> So how long were you then? Ultimately at the Driscoll, so you make that choice like no law school.
2: I was yeah. I was do. at the Driscoll for six years. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah,
2: well, they were awesome, man, because there were times when I worked five days a week, you know, mm-hmm. in the summer, or if you know, if I was off for of school, and there are times when I could only work one or two days a week yeah. because school was really tough, and and the people there were just really really wonderful about. Being able to, you know, maneuver around my school schedule yeah, because great. they knew that I cared, and I did, and I mean that is really the place where I learned to care about food and wine and right. hospitality. And I think a lot of times, like you miss that last part, that hospitality part when sure. you like climb up the ranks You're of right, food yeah. and wine, and that, it kind of was just ingrained in me there.
1: Do you, man? And I, this is a question I ask. If so, I consider you an absolute wine expert. You went to, let's put it this way, you went to school for it more or less, yeah. Master Psalm, which I want to talk about here in a second. But why do you think it is that people do, that are in great positions of power in terms of their title as Master Psalm or any other mm-hmm. lesser title, why do they forget the hospitality part and become so disconnected and so inaccessible and so goddamn pretentious?
2: I don't and I think that it's changing. I will say that and and you know, this is just me blabbering for the first thing that comes out of my mind, but I think that you just become more remote, you know, from that human experience because as you, you know and I can tell you just from my experience, like as you increase your responsibilities, Mm -hmm. you spend less and less time table side with guests. Sure. sure. So you kind of lose that touch.
1: out of practice,
2: yes. Um, you lose that touch, and then you're pushed more. You know, you're pushed more at work to make sure that things are profitable. You're, you're also, and this is a big one. You're also looked at differently. Mm. So if people look at you ominous, like, like oh my god, what an ominous figure, you yeah. start acting so. Ah, you know, and I and I think perception that perception is reality. Perception is reality, yeah. and you know, and this is also like. It's mind over matter too. Like you, you think you've worked so hard for this title. Yeah, I deserve to be to be looked at in a different way. Do you think and that's true? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I hope that I am not perceived in that way. But at the same time, I definitely know that there's some people in the industry that. They think I'm a bitch. Yeah, you know.
1: Why? And, why would they say that though? Because you're, uh, because um, you're straightforward.
2: Because I am one. Uh, <laughs> no, I am very fair enough. I am very straightforward. I'm very direct. I try to be as professional as possible. And and there are many aspects of the industry that are, are handshakes and relationships right. and friendship Soft promises. Feels, yeah. Right. And I'm not. You know, like I don't play golf. How about that? You, should. you know I don't like I don't like make deals on the golf course right I am a very like straight shooter if i I'm I'm trying not to be mean or cause acrostic whenever I talk to people but at the same time if people are kind of you know if they the beverage industry is very much an industry where people will like Try to give you things. Yeah. Oh, Um, too much things, right? And and it's technically illegal, right? (laughs) So I don't tend to take them, and it's kind of weird. What's the
1: problem? You don't want this free thing? Mm -hmm. And and
2: you know, and I will say that like sampling beverages is different. Like I'm always like, yes, I want this bottle. I would like a sample bottle for my staff. I want them to taste it. So those are those are goods that you can accept, but. Like I'm not accepting an iPod or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you want a car yeah. to sell Or like a uh, Super Bowl tickets? Like right. I, those are not things that, you know, we'll get, we'll get placements. But it's something that's very steeped in the industry. And it's not something that I like, but I know that it happens as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of get a little bit harsh with people you know if there's so
1: if they cross that line that's more when the dynamic changes probably
2: yeah a little bit or and maybe they don't cross that line but maybe it's the uh, expectation that i will be doing something because we're friends i see that bothers me a lot like i will be doing something because it's a good business yeah um but not because we're friends you know
1: that's you know i think there's there's a lot of just bring this shitty product x can you do me
2: this favor and put this on for a right. little bit? And you're like, no, I kind of don't want to.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, really tough. But it's kind of, wor- it's all like uh, you scratch my uh, quid pro quo. It's a-
2: right. it's absolutely quid pro quo. And, you know, to an extent, I think that it sounds like I'm saying like no relationships, no friendships. No, that's not. not I don't
1: get that. That yeah.
2: is that. That is the teetering thing that in the end, right? This bottle of wine that I'm looking at right here. Yeah that is the last portion of the puzzle that will allow something to be placed on a menu, right? right? right. First, it's the quality of the wine. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, how does it fit in the program right. of the mm-hmm. restaurant? Do you have enough? Am I going to go through enough, mm-hmm. right? Is it, or is it going to go away immediately? How much is it going to cost, and does it fit in within the matrix of what I want it to cost on my list, yeah. and the profitability level of what my boss expects this wine to make
1: right. for them? We're so looking at it as like a senior executive.
2: Right. So you so there's all the there's all these things, and then in the end, if there are ten wines that you're looking at that all fit the bill right. and they're all fabulous and they're all great, the one that's going to go on the list is going to be the person that I think is the nicest.
1: It's like best, that last thing, right? Coolest
2: yeah. person. It's it, it's like the X factor, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, that's great. You yeah. know,
2: but first and foremost, it's all of the categories that I just listed and then some, yeah. right? But but yes, it does matter if you're a good person and it does matter if, you know, I we are like-minded, like if you if you are a sustainable grower, I right. believe I mean the environment is an important is an important topic to me and hopefully to many people so no i don't want you to be a guy that's wasting water right. like that sucks so i don't care how good this wine is
1: if you're doing it irresponsibly that's
2: that's not gonna get a good placement you know
1: yeah and, it's, and it's my job
2: to know about those people so i have to ask the right questions
1: do you think you're more engaged let me put it this way i think you're more engaged than most other people i've met that are in that capacity you seem like you are weighing things such as sustainability, environmental friendliness, mm-hmm. which perhaps is sustainability, cost effectiveness. Mm-hmm. You are thinking about the growers, the culture, maybe the impact on the socioeconomic climate of the the grow. I mean, for sure, you're absolutely like running a full fucking analysis. Well, it, on this stuff, but I think that's great. You,
2: well, grow, I love it. I yeah. love it. So I want to know as much about it as possible. Sure. And I think, well, I mean, and I think that a lot of people would think that I am the opposite. Yeah. That I actually don't have a platform and that I'm just plugging in a formula to a number,
1: to no, your profitability. I can tell, but,
2: but... I'm super calculating, but it doesn't, those things do matter. And yeah. some people are just like leading with their heart. They're yeah. like, oh my God, they're biodynamic and they love the sun and the moon right. and the stars and the earth. And <laughs> I'm going to put this line on the list and there's three bottles and it's like gonna be $250 on your list like that like that doesn't make sense sometimes you know depending on your concept but that doesn't negate the fact that it's a beautiful wine from a really really wonderful person you know you you have to respect it and I think that you know there's some people that some importers or suppliers that are like well you like this wine and I was like yeah you know what I really like Prada but I don't buy Prada shoes every time I go out you know Yeah, yeah, yeah I I respect this wine. This is a beautiful But that product. doesn't mean it's for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like when you go to the grocery store, do you buy everything that you want? Like No.
1: Because
2: no. it's going to go bad or sure. it's not going to work or it's not going to fit within your recipe.
1: Right. Or so. to expand. There's all these things. There's right. All these things. Right. But if you're
2: going to make like a tomato sauce, like get the best tomato, man. Sure.
1: San Marzano's. Exactly. Abs- <laughs> oh, it's San Sorry, Marzano's. But that's-
2: <laughs> uh, I'm an heirloom tomato girl. <laughs>
1: So when did this journey, so it seems like it's kind of percolating and this interest in wine and food is just kind of coming into clarity as you're at the Driscoll for six years. Mm-hmm. What was that next move for you?
2: Um, I So the Driscoll was such a family to me. The management team actually left to create their own um, uh, company. Oh, really? And so they, they moved offices, I believe, to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And so it, the Driscoll got bought out by... I forget what large.
1: Yeah, hotel something group. big. Yeah, something
2: big. And I was like, "Oh, this is weird." And then I was really at a crossroads, and it kind of happened at the time, like, "Do I go to law school or do I pursue this?"
1: Man, what a crossroads, right? Yeah, it was awesome. Like, I was how, ready. About you know. How old were you at that point?
2: I was twenty-six.
1: So that that's brilliant because that's man for most. Or just of us, or
2: 25, 20 like almost twenty-six. But like that's like that.
1: when all the stuff's flowing. Yeah, oceans are flowing. And like, I was like, what? what's my the purpose is do? flowing? Yeah, exactly. Yep.
2: So um, I decided not to go to law school because I realized that that is not what I wanted to do. That yeah. was a means to an end. Um, and, you know, someone once said, like, the best job you have is the one where you don't feel like you're going to work every day. Yeah. You know, if you find out something that you like and you happen to be good at it, you should do it. Absolutely. <laughs> and... And at that time, there was this, like, lovely buzz happening in Austin. It was just starting, I think, where... 2006,
1: six, seven. Yeah. Seven,
2: yeah. Um, and so I got a job at Uchi.
1: No shit. Yeah,
2: I had waited on Tyson Cole and his wife, Rebecca, at the dress school. Uh-huh. And they had a lovely meal. It was their anniversary, and we had a good time. Um, they enjoyed the pairings and everything. And I walked in, and they didn't have any position for beverage director beverage person right right. um so tyson was like what do you want to do and i was like i want to be your beverage director Well, we don't have that we have a consultant i was like well then i will be eventually and um i was hired as a server and then and then eventually they created a position for me
1: that's incredible yeah and
2: it wasn't like they had a wonderful wonderful um contract uh um Consultant, uh-huh. but as the and I told him I was like, as the restaurant grows, and that's when they were just starting the plans for Uchiko. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. as a restaurant grows, you guys are going to be a big group, and this should just happen internally.
1: For sure. Well, you want it. You want it to embrace the culture. You mm-hmm. want it to everybody to benefit from it. Yes, because if you're around all the time, not just a contractor, yeah. It's and that and that restaurant value.
2: group is all about culture. It's yeah. all about the culture of that group. It's almost like cultish like yeah you, just, you, you drink the kool-aid and, there. Yeah. and and i mean i still go there what once a month like yeah. that is my that's my go-to restaurant after i've been traveling overseas oh, like
1: calibrates yeah.
2: off the pl- off the plane of new zealand into uchiko immediately Amazing. like we know like that is just that's the trip from the airport to the to the bar stool. basically that's how good it is it's I love it, and I yeah. still feel like I'm, you know, going to see my friends. And there's this, like, you know, it comforts your stomach in more ways than just food. It's amazing. It's
1: there good. is something so spectacularly special mm-hmm. about Uchi and Uchiko. I
2: love it. I love it's, them.
1: It's insane, and, and even the Houston.
2: Yeah, and we're location. about we're about to. McGuire Mormon is doing a guest chef dinner with Tyson this really? Sunday. Where at Josephine House? No shit. Yeah, and so it's great because then you know you get T- to hang out. Yeah, and Tyson's like, "Well, you're gonna be there," and I was like, "Yes, I'll be doing the pairings." Like that's, that's a job, amazing. We'll like be hanging out again. Like do you guys advertise do. that at all? Mm-hmm. Little, yeah. Yeah. It kind of happened like it was like it was advertised and it was booked. <laughs>
1: No, no real surprise there. It was just like we're <laughs> going to do
2: this, and then it's gone. We're, and it's a charity event, so all okay, of the, all okay. the proceeds go to the Roddick Foundation. the mm-hmm. so, Rodic, uh huh, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's like yeah. it's for the kids. That's of so course, great. it's going to book immediately.
1: Of course, good good causes. Over <laughs> yeah. To you.
2: So we we had a really great, um, and still do have a really great relationship.
1: That's so great.
2: So I was their first beverage director. Wow. And opened Uchiko with them, and you know. Like a, helped establish like the their culture. It was very special.
1: Do you feel like in the, just take some credit. Just just for a second, take some credit. Do you feel like in the narrative of Austin wine culture that you did in fact push it forward?
2: Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think that you know I, I've one of my best friends, Mark Sayer, is a great wine professional here in Austin, mm-hmm. and we talk about things like this yeah. and and it's almost like sure people can say that but it's also timing and luck well of course right like you
1: know explain ryan gosling right <laughs> i love ryan gosling but like it has to be time well that's good luck. i mean but it, it, it,
2: timing it, it, too, and right? mickey mouse club
1: yeah for, uh, absolutely yes <laughs> but it totally is
2: but it, yeah it's one of those things like some of it was just timing and yeah was i smart enough to see the timing was yeah. i smart enough to be like Mm, I'm working at Uchi. That right. is like the hot restaurant. I want to eat there all the time. I want to eat mackerel and uni every day oh, of my life. Salmon collar. Yeah, oh. all of that, and and that is where I want to be, and I want to be a part of that. And I see this whole. So you saw it. I, I but saw that, the but whole. But no one can
1: blame you for being strategic in your yeah the way that you kind of brought your vision about. You sure,
2: know? and and you That's know, big There, skill. there was a there was a moment probably a year and a half ago where mm. someone actually was like well you're and you leave every two years and I was like
1: <gasps> wow and it kind
2: of hurt me I was Jeez. I was really upset about it I was like do all of my past employers think that I just left them and then you look back and you're like no that those were those were
1: good moves yeah. like
2: I moved are, and uh, everything and I still have a fabulous relationship. With every single person that yeah, I
1: Yeah, it's not like you're pissing everybody off and smashing bottles. No, they were all sat down to, like I
2: remember I was like, Tyson Cole, I'm going to put in my notice and I'm going to become the beverage director and open Congress. And he was like, That's a really good move. <laughs> I'm bummed. And I was like, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. But I need to grow as a wine professional yeah. rather than like one small list over and over again is not what I want to do. Right. I want the opportunity to. What were, so, what line.
1: were you seeking? What did Congress offer you? So In terms con- of intellectually, maybe. I
2: mean, intellectually, Congress first. You know, Uchiko was my first opening, uh-huh. and maybe it's because I'm crazy, but it was awesome. Yeah, it was hard. It pushes you. You work 18 hours a day three months in a row like you're and and the pressure of having a successful restaurant mm-hmm. and then opening a second one oh. is super intense
1: right right the sophomore jinx right exactly you have to follow up and and, it's
2: so and it was successful and i really loved that opportunity but you know this opportunity came came to me and it was to do a fine dining restaurant as well as second bar and kitchen so casual plus a cocktail bar which i've never comp- done Bar Congress. Yeah, yeah. Jason Stevens. Ooh, I love that guy.
1: Yeah. Um Amazing guy.
2: He's so great. And, you know, be able to head and work with a bartender and yeah. do spirits. Like Gucci doesn't do spirits, you right. know. It's so never pull another
1: chapter. Pull another chapter. Yeah.
2: Plus a big list that's eligible for accolades. So, you know, it was in like wine and spirits best. One hundred wine restaurants of wow. you know the wine enthusiast. Excuse me, best one hundred wine restaurants. Putting in the you on States. a global scale. Well, and also like being able to prove to myself that I could do it, right? right. Like, like Uchi is like luck of the draw. It's like everybody loves Uchi. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to be there. Everybody like loves it. Like here is like this huge mammoth project. Let's open two restaurants and a bar at the same time. That was insane. Yeah. So I opened that with the LaCortia team. Yeah, And th- that was the management group at the Driscoll that broke off to do their own no thing. No shit. Yeah. So it circled so it's back. Like it circled back. Yeah. It circled back. And then in another history of circling back, like, I mean, I remember Scott Walker saying, you'll probably be here for two years because uh-huh. we are not going to grow fast enough for you.
1: For the way that you learn, right? Because
2: I, I get bored. I don't... Saying that, it sounds so silly. Like, it's not like it was a boring job, but I want more. Like right, I right. want more responsibilities. I want more experiences. And I want to teach people to take over the things yeah. so I can do more things, right? Um, so then Paul Key approached me and was like...
1: Okay. How about this thing? I'm
2: leaving Uchi. And I was like, okay, this is crazy. Uh, He's like, I would like for you to run my company. And I was like, "Um, wow, okay, so stepping away from wine going into a director of operations operations right mm-hmm. yeah yeah.
1: i was like wait i thought she was not operations i yeah, no, that you couldn't do it but I, it's different title
2: different title um and total new experience like like talking to the city dealing with like interpersonal like partner like the partners of a company right right and then opening like east side kings left and right
1: did that appeal to you easy
2: Yes, absolutely. Because
1: it's more and more and more. But it's different. It's more it's experiences. It's a different more.
2: It's a different more. Um, that is definitely like a, like Paul and I had a very special relationship at Uchi. Like mm. we're both Filipino. <laughs> we, got, we got the Filipino brotherhood. Um, you no, know, and we just, we were, we grew up together yeah. at Uchi. Like that was his restaurant. Formative years up. in a way. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that was my first beverage director job. That was his first chef job. And, and we really had a great back and forth with each other. Like, yeah. um, you know, he really, he really trusted my palate. and there is definitely a disconnect from back of house and front of house or, mm. you know, the kitchen and the front of house management or right. sometimes the kitchen and the sommeliers and where they don't trust each other or they don't work together. And we trusted each other, we, like really worked together. It's very, very hard to find a relationship where you're a sommelier and you feel comfortable enough Mm -hmm. to tell a chef that his dish is not right wow, you know and and he's someone of that caliber he trusted me to do that he trusted me to do that and he also would go and have dinners all across the world and come back and say june i tried this wine or this sake or this cocktail it's really cool like look it up give it a try so he was also bringing new things to the table for me to learn very cool it was very cool It was a really great relationship and that's so. when
1: uh, michael simon was doing the bar manager right yes yeah. yes and then justin was there yes and then rachel came in later yes nice another really really all-star bullpen yes that it was so place. great Man, yeah, those guys are
2: awesome um yeah so open key again like that pressure of like damn we gotta we gotta do well yeah we've got to fucking nail this or did you en-
1: did you enjoy it the experience Yes,
2: hard, you know, yeah. really hard. There are moments where I would be, you know, the alarm would go off at five in the morning and I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing, yeah. you know? And like, I remember one day we were like, dude, we were just trying to open and I look at the corner of my eye and Aaron and my best friend's husband mm-hmm. is like scraping paint off of the window like it was just wow. that kind of like day like yeah yeah i need all hands on deck and it's like my boyfriend and my best friend's husband like that's insane. scraping paint you know that's
1: family man it's
2: totally family it's totally family and there is still that familial sense when i talk to people from yeah. key or from east side kings like they're
1: great yeah justin tells me you're really funny. I'm really funny. That's what he said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
2: so I never, I always apologize to like new stuff. Like I'm very sorry. I cuss a lot. Yeah. And I always make really inappropriate analogies when talking That's about mine. That's good.
1: Wine. That's really, Super really good. Super inappropriate. Please. So I have, there are no fucking boundaries for me <laughs> and you have yet to swear, which is totally fine and totally personal choice. However, I do, I got it just for my own pure grat- gratification. Gotta hear one of these inappropriate wine analogies.
2: Inappropriate wine analogies. Yeah. I mean, they. The thing is, like, I don't like have them.
1: <laughs> you just that's just naturally what they goes.
2: just come out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they just come out, and it's real. And I'm like, oh, that that was kind of.
1: It's like anti intellectualizing something, right?
2: Yeah, no, it just comes out. I, I mean, yeah. like, not not good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I think there's, like, moments where I'm always just, like, you know, this wine is an adolescent. Like, it's, you know, it's got, it's never been laid. It's never, (laughs) like, maybe has learned how to masturbate. It just, like,
1: sits on its back, motionless. Seriously,
2: like, it's only masturbated into a sock. It doesn't know what to do (laughs) yet. It's, like, doesn't... has no idea what the world out there is like but so it's nice
1: pra- to sock in yeah, his whole but, seriously, but i'm
2: like but it's practicing you know so let's give it like five years revisit it you don't want to say like i'm never gonna have sex with that guy right,
1: right
2: let's give it five years revisit see what it turns into <laughs> maybe it's prince charming and i mean some people love it and some of my stuff is like, I will, I will see the HR manager now, <laughs> and then
1: half the time it's me. I'm not like, hey, we don't I'm, get it. I'm very we don't. sorry, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I tried to warn you guys. Don't you get tired of all the adjectives? It's silky, it's this, uh, mouthfeel, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, I, no, masturbating into a sock, stench, inexperience. Yeah. That is something I will not soon forget. You're like, this
2: one is like, hmm. Not there, not there yet, you know. Or and, and oftentimes, like you know, sex is a very, very easy analogy to make because sure. like everybody has it, yeah, yeah. So it's ubiquitous, it's pretty easy. Yes, exactly. Totally. And growing up.
1: Yeah. Oh, so sure.
2: Adolescence to old age, like the the life cycle, is super, super easy.
1: Yeah, I and mean, everybody can relate to
2: that. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and I usually like I always tell people like for structure and wines, I'm always like, are you Audrey Hepburn or are you Marilyn Monroe? Oh. Are you tightly wound and a Pilates instructor? you know or like are you Jennifer Lopez
1: interesting right because yeah,
2: like there, there's like uh, you know there's like tension but structure but there's also structure familiar but
1: instantly familiar too yeah. oh well JLo well I get JLo like you right that makes sense it embodies like the series of characteristics yes.
2: but but you also you have to like you have to make it familiar but you have to have the logic behind what you're saying because yeah, yeah. there's so many people who are just like it's like Thoreau and I'm like okay I mean come oh, on
1: that's what, too. Tra- oh it's so transcendent
2: yeah what, God, shut up exactly yeah you gotta yeah. you you gotta bring it down, and like pop culture is a really, really good way, way to to, to to form bonds with people yeah. in line
1: <laughs> It's like, did you watch? So this is this just came to mind. But did you watch the True, De- True Detective season, the se- season two? No. So the- we don't have cable at. Okay, our that's house. you're better off. You're <laughs> better off. That was a complete waste of time. <laughs> but Colin Farrell has a mustache, mm-hmm. which is really swarthy and dirty. That in itself has got to be a metaphor for something. Oh, Swarthy? Oh, oh,
2: yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
1: Like Tom Selk's chest hair kind of thing? Or yeah, yeah,
2: Colin Farrell's mustache is a pinotage. That's
1: right. <laughs> that, see? Perfect. Thank yeah, you so much. It's That's... like
2: sweaty and gross, but you can't stop looking at it. Right. And you're going to like watch the season of True Detective you anyway. You can't stop. Yeah, you yeah. have to do it. And you're going to do it. It's, it's going to be bad. Back.
1: <laughs> you keep fucking coming back. That damn mustache. And there's like
2: glimpses of like, this could be good. <laughs>
1: it's not you hope you so hope it's gonna be good and you go you're like oh there's a moment that was good that was a good moment but then the rest of the 50 minutes (laughs) and i honestly like that's
2: i realize that my job is translating like i go home and i geek out and i read about biomes and root stocks and like clonal selections Mm -hmm. and field grafting and and i have staff that does that too and i will tell them like I ever fucking hear you say field grafting to a table, <laughs> we'll fire you immediately.
1: And they're like, "But so? if you say Colin Farrell's mustache, yeah. right?"
2: like, I love that you love geeking out too. Like that is great. But yeah. it's like if you go on a date,
1: oh, it totally, and the fail. first
2: thing you say is biomes, like you are never getting laid, and ever. you're never gonna, you're never gonna sell this line to somebody, and then that person has never, like, you're never. It's like when you're like well, he could have fallen in love with me if he really knew me, right?
1: <laughs> and you, you, yeah, the burden's on them to exactly, figure it out. Exactly, like, exactly.
2: And you're just like, you're not, if you talk about hydrogen sulfides, he's never going to really know you. He doesn't
1: want to. It's done. Because, he's checked out.
2: Because you're a bore.
1: That's right. And then you just
2: made wine boring to somebody. you mean, right. So, so my job is to teach people and to also do it to translate to guests, like this this commonality about wines Mm. that might be a little bit geekier, a little bit different, and then to be able to take all of the knowledge that you know and share it in a way that's easy, that's applicable, absolutely. You know, you just you open doors. Like, yeah, people might want to learn about like grains and oak structure Right,
1: that's totally cool but empower them to do it on their own yeah right.
2: or yeah. or you know let, let them say it first it's kind of like in hospitality you always say like, you you can you can be as casual with your guests so long as they are casual with you first. Like, you're never going to go to a table and high-five them. But are you going to not high-five a table? If high-five high five if, right? if their hand is up, are you going to be an asshole and be like, no, I'm, not, I'm sorry, sir, we cannot high-five. you are going to high-five <laughs> them. You're going to yeah. high-five. Like, I've done that a million times where people are like, you, high-five. And that's like at Congress restaurant. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, fine dining. And I'm like, high-five to this guy because he is really loving his foie gras. like. <laughs> What are you gonna do?
1: Love and life, this guy. Yeah,
2: but you're not walking up to a table like you know, high fiving and and saying like, "What's up, bro? What can I get for you?"
1: Uh, That that's it's disparate.
2: Nobody should ever say bro,
1: even if someone bros you. True, very true. So bad. Terrible. It's horrible. (laughs) I don't say. I don't think I've ever said bro.
2: I say bro because i think it's hilarious it's like those things that you say mm. and then because you hate them and then all of a sudden it becomes part of your everyday vernacular
1: you know what i, I gotta share that guy <laughs> there's a phrase that that happened like this butt chug. i say <laughs> i say that all the time now did you just say
2: butt chug yeah um i was out the other night and literally butt chug kept coming up <laughs> And I was like, whoa, why? Why are people? Why do people keep saying butt chugging?
1: I don't know. It's amazing. My dad loves it. He thinks it's funny. Like, you get me. We're just getting, like Lydia and my mom are sitting in the car and like, oh, not with the butt chugging again. Just- <laughs> We're just bonding. He's like, what exactly is that? I'm like, well, you know, you prop yourself upside down and you ingest <laughs> alcohol through your butt. And, and then like, you die. That's awesome. And then you can absolutely And then you die. can die. You totally can die. Just because you don't want people to smell it on your breath, where that's the best part of it
2: sometimes. Right,
1: (laughs) it totally is the best
2: part. Yeah, sometimes you want to be the person that smells like a bar. Yeah, and cigarettes at yoga at 9 a.m. and you're like, you're like that
1: smells. Oh, that is me, huh?
2: I mean, I've been that person. I'm like, oh man, that I am that smell. I am. (laughs) It's coming from right here, like within me.
1: It's when dogs look they like they they look at themselves like oh that's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been that person. The, the realization.
2: I was, like, I was like, oh, I'm 35 and it's <laughs> me, at 9 a.m."
1: Well, so you were the the key thing beautiful thing awesome to thing. walk away from. So
2: Very why? hard to walk away from. Yeah. We- well, so the key thing was, you know, wonderful, great experience. Fucking amazing people, but um I was so, at that time, or at that point in my career, I was so far away from wine day to day that I couldn't pass my master sommelier exam. Oh, wow. You know, and, and that happens a lot, I think, you know, with every increase in salary, increase in stature, you get further and further away from the thing that brought you into the industry in the first place yeah. or the thing that you love the most. Well, with Q, is literally just operations, mm-hmm. you know. Small list, said Kings doesn't have wine. No, like right. we'll they have, uh, you know, yeah. keg wine, and and that's great and everything. But to be able to pass your master sommelier exam, you really got to be in wine. Like you really have to be doing
0: Merced it. it right.
2: And um and I think that Larry heard through the
1: grapevine or my friends. Like, that's a good pun, by the way. What heard through the grapevine. I'm sorry if you never realized it I
2: didn't. (laughs) I didn't see what I did there because I didn't. Um, That I was kind of unhappy and not like unhappy with Keith, but like unhappy with where I was. The path, yeah. Because I, you know, looking at where I would be now, I would probably like be in partnership with them or continuing to do what I was doing, like continuing to open restaurants and like help manage like Paul's path and continue to teach people about service and all these great things that I do love but mm-hmm. there was a huge thing that was missing that was compl- not letting not allowing me to sit down and study yeah because when you when you're a director of operations you work like 85 yeah, hours when a are week are you gonna right? study so studying was very difficult and um and just being around wine i didn't have time to taste mm-hmm. i didn't have time to like read up on producers read a magazine like i couldn't read decanter or mm. world of fine wine or like i couldn't go on guild because there just wasn't time and it wasn't part of my
1: day-to-day life right right so where Larry- it had been for so long exactly
2: exactly so leary approached me and was like we need a restrictor from mmh and i was like okay and again <laughs> like there had not been like there have been this- wine directors right. and like spirits people jo- was
1: this before josh after josh it was after josh okay, So okay.
2: josh had just and josh even was like i heard that you're talking and this is they need you yeah like he was yeah. like they need you you should do this um so josh had just put in his resignation gotcha. to start small victory mm-hmm. a really good um parting like everybody was very yeah, like, amicable yeah go do your thing that's awesome um, and so there was a lot of back and forth and I like I took time off from key to make this decision. like I sat the partners down and I was super up upfront with them yeah. like this is getting extremely stressful for me. I have been approached by Larry. I really need to think about it. You guys can fire me on the spot or tell me like you know, fuck you whatever and they were like, we just want you to be happy do you want to take some time off to come to your decision wow. and i did and 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 that's when you know that like you you've yeah they're great and that's what made it almost even harder to leave oh, when they really cared about your happiness yeah. and and they're like just make the decision that's right for you and i think for the first time it was it was really like like can i leave them you yeah. know i think every time and, and Every time I've always like this. There's a bit of naivete where I'm like, I'm gonna retire here. Like I thought I was gonna retire at Uchi. Right. I mean, I could have retired at the Driscoll, and then right. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna retire at LaGortia.
1: I'm gonna retire at Key. But you know, that's not in your cards. You're gonna but, just keep going. You keep moving. But it's know? kind
2: of one of those things where you're you're just you give so much. You yeah. It's your life. You like fall in love with it. You fall in love with it, and honestly, you do it every day. You don't know anything else. Yeah. You don't know anything else. So to not know anything else, and then take a step forward into
1: like the abyss
2: the abyss right? <laughs> um, was really scary and yeah. and I, I had to do some soul searching but i really really wanted to get back into wine and beverages um i really wanted to do multiple outlets yeah i really wanted to prove that i could handle like millions of dollars of revenue right. a year and continue to make it grow and profitable but at the same time make it really cool and interesting. Yeah. And I'm still working on that. It's not like, oh, and then I got to MMH and everything's cool and interesting and it's profitable and blah. Like, right, you gotta like, work at it. It's we're not- still like, but, you know, chipping away at those aspects. And then now, like, partnering up and opening my own place with them, too. Is
1: that, what's that? What it's what's
2: happening. That um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't so, know about that. So, uh, yeah, so when I, <laughs> when, When we first started negotiating, Larry's like, what are you going to do? Just like be a beverage director the rest of your life? Are you going to like own (laughs) something? You son of a
1: bitch. (laughs) Yeah,
2: he's like, are you going to own something? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was just like, look, I'm not here to just say like take care of the beverages. I'm here because... Because I think you're cool because I like what you do because yeah. I think that we like MMH needs someone like you and you're going to get bored and you're going to want to do something on your own and we can do that for you. Like we can wow. make that happen. And I was like, okay, okay. great. <laughs> That's totally going to happen. And he was just like, what about that building? What so about that building?
1: You didn't believe That's it? Like,
2: well, no, I totally did believe it. Like I totally was like, you're right. Like, yeah. MMH, very successful at opening restaurants. Detail oriented, beautiful, not afraid to spend money, right, right? You know, but also you see the return. Like those restaurants are packed, and they're fun, and you feel good inside of
1: them, sure. right? Great vibe. Mm-hmm.
2: And so I was like, "Yeah, we can do this." I just didn't think that it would happen this quickly. So wow. Like,
1: so what? Did, what? What is the, so? To to just frame it though. So you guys have Jeffrey's, Joe Josephine House, mm-hmm. Lamberts, mm-hmm. Still, right? Uh, Clark's. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth Street, yes, and uh, uh no, Perlis, no, Perlas, Perlas, thank you. Yeah, Frases
2: uh sold sold back to original
1: owners. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm actually oh, so was, sold,
2: there was phrases, and then I think like basically like the owners bought out
1: the park. Gotcha. So and then Perlas, of course. Mm-hmm. So is that it? The six? That's six. Not mm-hmm. that that's not enough. Yes, <laughs> so and that's a um, lot.
2: and uh, we also owned by George.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the uh, clothing, clothing, yes. Spot. So what is this wonderfully enigmatic eight? place that perhaps you are a partner and or equity owner uh in.
2: uh it's a wine bar
1: no really
2: yeah no. don't say it's so crazy <laughs> um no it's and and it's it's gonna be open for breakfast lunch and dinner
1: amazing yeah
2: it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool
1: have you guys announced the name
2: <laughs> yeah it's june's <laughs> really <laughs> yeah so um does it have your
1: face on it
2: no thank god <laughs>
1: and lights oh my like god in Vegas
2: I so Every time like the idea or we would, you know, casually just talk about opening something together. Yeah. And they would just call it, like, yeah, and then June's place will open. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then June will do a place and like June's place or whatever. Yeah. And then they started joking around like June's sports bar. You'll be the only master sommelier with a sports bar. You know, and I was just like, hi, this is really funny. That's hilarious. Really anyway, funny. what are we really gonna call it? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, No, we're gonna call it June's and I was like, No, we're not. They're like yeah, we are. I feel a
1: little exposed here. <laughs>
2: I know, and, and and they're like, "What's wrong?" And you know, at first I was like, oh, "I think I'm gonna want to bounce or something." Right, right. And I was like, "It's not that I want to bounce. It's just that even if I was doing something by myself without any money yeah. from anyone else, like all of my money all of my." whatever like i no investors never would i ever call it June. So yeah. they were like why not it's such like a comforting name and i was like because i look like do you want to call it larry's <laughs> and he was like no my name sucks and i was like every single person <laughs> thinks their name sucks yeah it's true like, every single person growing up was like my name is not it is. awesome yeah. it, you, like i wanted to be called jennifer you know like right, i thought like remember. jennifer Something else. anything else was a cooler name and and it takes many many years to become comfortable with your name and i think i'm just now getting there so to put my name on a building is insane
1: a bit uncomfortable
2: yeah and so a lot of a lot of back and forth and they really like totally convinced me because they're like it makes a lot of sense i'm like i was like why tell me why it makes sense and they're like look at all of our names they're all like really cute names right, right. and gravitate towards people so Lambert's is Lou Lambert's, yeah. right? Jeffrey is like original restaurant name. Mm-hmm. Josephine House is like original like person. Clark's right, right. obviously is for Clarksville, but it has like so, has that feel to it, yeah. you know. And so they're like they're they're people's names, like they're very they're very welcoming. So
1: I'm, you've accepted oh. it.
2: I have sort of accepted it. No, I've accepted it because that's what it is. Like that is the Yeah, L- no choice. That is the Ugh. LLC's name. There's okay. like they we didn't go for a DBA like they just That's what it is. We went for it and I was like all right. And in the back of my mind I'm like June is like June's is like a really good month. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best month of the year. So perfect. So the we'll just do it that way. When
1: do you anticipate that it will or will not open?
2: In it will not open in June.
1: <laughs> it would be really cool if it did. Have you guys picked the place out too? Or yeah. Very cool. Yes. Build out started already or no?
2: Um, demo is done. So nice. yeah. So very it's cool. it's going to be
1: cool. So a an approachable wine program?
2: Hell yes. I mean, why would I want an unapproachable wine
1: program? Well, how about this? Easy to pick something delicious without feeling like you're in over your head?
2: Absolutely. Okay. Um so it's in a tourist driven area. It's on uh-huh. some Congress Strip.
1: Cool. Cool. So
2: I mean South Congress is littered with just like oh, passersby, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not a person that doesn't believe in having a Chardonnay on by the glass. Sure. I've done it. Yeah. it worked at Key because why? Because like when you go to Key you want your mind blown, right? Right. Like right. you don't give a fuck what you're you're like, I just want everything to be creative and crazy. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't have a char- we didn't have like a chardonnay on by the glass. And I was like, oh, this is really working. That's kind of cool. And but like if you go to Clark's like, that is not the place to do that, yeah. you know? And then there's also like a disparity like at, say, bu- I love Buffalina. It's one yeah. of my favorite oh, the, places. Oh, my God. The list is totally esoteric, right?
1: Yeah. It is. It's very short, though. It's, it's not short. Really a big uh, short.
2: Have you seen the big one?
1: I haven't you seen can ask the, big for the big one. Big one. It's oh, really okay. good.
2: It's really good. And it's really amazing. And it's some of my favorite producers. It's littered with French producers and Italian producers that are natural wine producers mm. um, that have weird names attached to them. And uh, yeah, like the reason why it works is because you're you're eating pizza, and everybody knows what that is. Like you're walking into a restaurant with like minimal decor, all right. m- Minimal pretension, okay. right? None at all, really. Yeah, just like pizza. Fuck yeah. Simple. Okay, I feel comfortable already, so I will buy this glass of Valdegay. Uh-huh. from California, right? So that's, you know, you have that. But if you walk into like Clark's or Elizabeth Street or any of restaurants, it's so beautifully detailed, mm. right? So there is already like this prettiness about it Absolutely. that's very detailed like to add a wine list that's so esoteric, I think would be too much, you know.
1: Counterintuitive a- to alien-ing. the vibe, right? I think it would be alienating.
2: Yeah. So no, I'm not into I'm not into super esoteric uh, only, but what uh, what I do want to do is have like a list that's yeah. printed, and then my vision, um, we'll try it out, uh, is to have a rotating list, like mm. on the board, or the, it's. A, I think it'll be a mirror, yeah, yeah. Um, of themes. Of fun shit.
1: That's so cool. Because why
2: not, you know? Well,
1: why not?
2: Well, one of my biggest... Why not? Why not?
1: I'm running loose here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One of my... uh, One of the biggest um, complaints that I hear, not many complaints, but suggestions from wine professionals that come into the uh, city is, hey, June, I really want a fabulous bottle of champagne. Like, high-end. High, amazing, small producer, champagne but I don't want to go to a white tablecloth place. Perfect. So now yeah. tell me where you tell them to go. I have no idea. Exactly. Yeah. I'm always like, you can go to the bar. <laughs> or like, I'm like, you can... Well, no, there's like two champagnes only at Buffalina. Yeah. I mean, so I start like going down the list, like, you can bring one to Buffalina. Yeah. And I'm like, you can go to well, they only have two champagne or
1: you know, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's not, so there's a market need for it in a sense, right?
2: Right. Or and, and I'm like, No, but we can do it. Yeah. We can do it. What if we just like have badass champagne list of like fifty champagnes yeah. for three months? Who cares? Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter.
2: It doesn't matter. And just with a board, you can like take a marker and cross it out like, that guy's gone. We have all these other amazing things, yeah. you know? And I think that there's a lot of allocations in life as and much in wine that you only get one-offs, two-offs, three-offs. So you may as well throw it on a board and see what happens rather yeah. than just like hold on to it because it's your unicorn wine, Yeah, it's you bright. know?
1: So the the, the one thing... When I was talking to Paula Rester here recently, I think something that's really important to talk about is it seems like to me, at least, that this is a particularly male-dominated industry, mm-hmm. right or wrong, I just think kind of how it is. Do you feel that people ever... I never have gotten this interpretation of you, by the way. I think you're very bold and very dynamic, and people don't want to fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever... No, has it been palpable to you that it is a boys' club?
2: Uh, mm, it is surely by numbers, yeah, you know, and that's not something that I should never deny. Um, I think it's important to, to state it, but what is cool is that it's important to the guild that I am in, to the Master Sommelier Guild, that there are more women, yeah, like they're very, very promotional of it, like they really love that there's more women that are coming into to the fold. and I think it's just because it's not it's not that there's this weird boys club. it is a fraternity. yeah, do not get me wrong. Just as like I mean, I'm looking at your like Star Wars fraternity <laughs> like that is its own fraternity that mm-hmm. I'm know very little of right 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 i've only like read the prologue of this fraternity
1: that's probably enough so so
2: yeah so there is like there is definitely like some weird secret society shit that's going on right right. once you like
1: go to the fold
2: because we nerd out and it's really because like we don't want to show you how how big of nerds we actually are um to the public uh but it is very important to be aware of the numbers and there are very few women in our industry but that doesn't mean that there are very few women that aren't coming up, sure. You know, so so what I always say is, like, you got to look at how young this industry is in the first place, right? Yeah. And the model,
1: Abs- right? When you just talk about it, mm-hmm. being at being at the driscoll and saying, "Is this this isn't even a feasible career in the exactly. eyes of other people yet?"
2: Exactly, and yeah. and you know, sadly, traditionally, a lot of careers start as male dominated careers yeah. first, and as a young one, that's exactly what happened. So what I look at. To show is basically is to show people that it can be done a and b that it is happening not just like oh I would like to be an example to show sure that it can be done the shit's happening yeah, like it's
1: changing whether anyone likes it, it is or not, changing
2: yeah. and it is amazing so for instance the the test right before mine is the advanced sommelier exam okay. and um, presently we are seeing equal percentages of genders pass amazing so it's great so so it does show that there is definitely a new wave of women sommeliers that are taking their tests they're just waiting they're just it's they're on the docket yeah. we can only produce so many tests a year right so there's only one master sommelier exam a year and there's only I believe two advanced exams a year so it's just they're just waiting to right. take the test. That's and amazing. when, but when they do take the test, like they kill it. the gender, equal the rates. genders are equal. That's brilliant. So I, I don't, you know, in, in the, in reference to the guild, absolutely not. Absolutely. The numbers show basically all dudes. Like I believe I'm the 23rd woman in the United States, in North America. Wow. Um, it's very few.
1: How, how many guys?
2: Uh, there's like a hundred and forty-four total, so hundred and twenty. So,
0: Jesus, yeah. So, so, yeah,
2: and then there's like two hundred. I'm gonna say there's about two hundred and forty total in the world, mm-hmm. and I believe in the high thirties for women, wow. and that's it. So, so few, um, but that those times are
1: changing, man.
2: There, there's just there are a lot of women that are waiting to take that test, and when they do, they're gonna pass.
1: How do you feel about being? someone that <laughs> what it would, i think about the people that have come in here into the house like people that have had the opportunity to sit down and talk to and i've never talked to a master song ever oh really yeah so it's like there aren't that many of you guys gotta be frank there's I, guess, not. There's, I
2: guess not i guess i'm just like flooded <laughs> there's around so,
1: there's like, so oh, many mezcal there's dude, that guy so <laughs> many mezcaleros like in comparison there's so many you know and so many guys that are wonderful and importers and all that but like does it ever, like, Donna, you? do you ever take some time to just say, "I," because I, I I feel like there's this common thread with a lot of people who are really ambitious and inherently intelligent and they keep just striving for more, mm-hmm. They're doing new things, or doing bigger things, or doing different things, because the world is not enough, not to, to go back to a James Bond movie, but it's not, <laughs> right? You just have to keep going, keep yeah. going. Do you ever just sit back and reflect, even for the shortest amount of time, to say, I am a massive minority in terms of this industry and it's an amazing accomplishment you're real proud of that
2: i i am i am proud um you're right it's not enough it's i'm proud because i did work very hard for something Mm -hmm. um and i'm proud to to have accomplished it but that doesn't that is not the whole of who i am you know and i think that a lot of people do live and die by the pen right and I think it's important. I think that a lot of people don't get it because they live and die by it, Yeah, you know? And it's, it becomes this head game. Like, I'm not going to get married until I become a master sommelier. I'm not going to have a baby until I become a master sommelier, you yeah. know? I'm going to stay in this job that I hate because I think that it's the best thing for me until I become a master sommelier. And, and I hear those words and I think, like, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah. you only live once, so you can do it all. And I know that that sounds like in, in a way naive, but. Why is that naive? Well, because. You've shown
1: yeah. that you can be very proficient in Excel and many different things. You pass the LSATs, but, it's not an easy task, mind uh, you.
2: But, but you, but you know, yeah, you have to manage your time wisely and you have to prioritize, yeah. you know, so you can have it all, but you do have to prioritize, right? But that doesn't mean that you have to stop your life because a lot of this test is about who you are. A lot of this test is about experience, you know? Like, I would not have passed this test without experiences that I had. And, I mean, honestly, like, I didn't, a lot of times, you know, people are like, you pass and that's it, and that's what you focus on. Yeah. But it took me three times to pass the Master so oh. exam, right? Yeah. And for someone who's so focused on finishing, finishing hard, finishing fast, and finishing strong, mm-hmm. it's very hard to not pass it the first two times, you know? Disheartening. Very disheartening, very disheartening. And you realize, and I realize, you know, that the two years that I didn't pass are two years of experience that I was not a master in my skills. I did not know enough, you know? And do I know enough now? Sure, I mean, you know, I knew enough that day. you put
1: your hands up, I guess I know. I
2: knew enough that day, and but by the time you take that test, you look around, and there are some of the people that you admire and respect the most that do not pass that day. Wow. And it's a head game. Man. It's not about your body of work. It's not about your knowledge. It's not about your experience. It's about everything yeah. and that day. It's really a lot. And it's like you got to get out of that head game you know, to be able to, to pass. And some people are not game day players. And yeah. it's really sad because they're brilliant people. And they're amazing, amazing professionals, but it is the pressure of of testing that sometimes gets them.
1: Man. So it's you, weird. Do you ever feel lucky that you did it?
2: Yeah. Of course I did. Yeah. Of course, of course. I feel really lucky. But it does, you know, I I hear the numbers all the time mm. because I am such a minority. Because A, I'm a woman. Yep. B, I'm Asian. Yep. You know, yep. I am one of two Asian women, master sommeliers in the North America. Wow! So it's not.
1: That's even yeah, and that's if if you if you you, you
2: call Indian Asian, right? Like some people, I do, but yeah,
1: yeah, you should. Yeah, I think you
2: should. So yeah, so so me and this woman Alpana, in Chicago are the only two Asian, master sommeliers. That's something It's weird. It's weird. It's weird to be like that's that one girl, the only thing that does that one thing.
1: are like the one that survives the disease. They just don't right.
2: Um, I there. like I survived the Oregon Trail. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you know, on Miga. I dive dysentery. You go on, <laughs> on meager
2: rations over and over and over <laughs> again, and uh, it, you I do have to reflect because like someone introduces me, they're like well, the twenty third woman, like that is part of who I am now. Now it is. Like yeah. that's the number. I am that number yeah. in the in the lineup. So I have to get used to it. Um I, I've heard from, you know, masters, like season masters that it takes a few years to settle in because like I don't wear my pen at work. I wear it to events, mm-hmm. um, when I'm supposed to, but I don't like our staff to wear their pen because I don't want them to think that their pen makes them better. Right. If it, w- there's one is bigger than the other.
1: I think that's brilliant to, to keep it humble it, always, you know. Like
2: I'm proud of them and I want them to wear it when they go to tastings, when they go to court events, right. when they do all of that, because it's a it's a huge, huge accomplishment, but they are a team. And that doesn't mean like that doesn't mean that one is better than the other because of an accomplishment that they've made outside of work right. during that shift.
1: You don't tie your degree to your neck. You know, exactly he, exactly you're nope, proud
2: of it i'm sure. i'm proud of i mean i'm i'm proud of aaron for getting his master's degree right like right. it's an amazing amazing accomplishment but he's not like hey master june i'm like master aaron what's going <laughs> on we don't <laughs> you know like you don't we're do the that the masters
1: of the universe
2: yeah. The masters for <laughs> Bill we're yeah like please that'll just be on our mailbox yeah. from now on um it's you keep important. Humble. You it's just important to know that it applies to your work mm. because there's a mastery of the field and the work that you've decided, but that does not mean that you're a good employee just because you've accomplished something.
1: You're right. Or a good person even.
2: Yeah. It, or a good person Which even. Happens. And it does happen. And it's just it's it's weird. There are like, you know, there's nine judges on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Only nine. And like a lot of them suck. <laughs>
1: Right? <laughs> at least they're dying off, I guess.
2: Yeah, exactly. So you can't say that every master sommelier is amazing. And it's one of those things where people, I, I did it like, you know, and I've been told like you get assigned a mentor, which is brilliant yeah. because it is kind of a weird thing in the industry where people start looking at you different or talking to you differently, you know, or I have like distributors that'll just be like, well, you don't even go to these things anymore. And I was oh. like, oh, come on, bro. Like, you know, and I'm like, first, I tell you when I'm busy second I send people because I have a staff that needs to go to yeah, tastings yeah. you know and it, it's really really funny like this you're too you know you're too busy or you're like you're master sommelier now you don't need to go to tastings and I'm like I'm not like you know you're above it I'm not like kinetically tasting <laughs> it now it's just, like my, like a new like That's not
1: a skill you learn
2: It's not a new skill I still want to right. I still like it um But it is weird because, like, forever the initials will be behind my name. That's right. They don't strip them
1: from you. It's super bizarre. strange. It's like a PhD. Yeah. I want to get that.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I was like, maybe I can get more. And then, like, eventually they'll spell (laughs) F-U-C-K. Like, you can just have that (laughs) in the back of your name. But I
1: don't think it works that way. (laughs) They've probably aligned the system's against yeah that particular there's a lot
2: and and yeah you're you're absolutely right like it's not enough like i you know i i got my ms and now i'm opening my own restaurant
1: i can't even imagine what it's pretty pasta. crazy it's pretty crazy well it's been brilliant chatting with you and so for one one more time because i i love this sparkling wine oh I've awesome shared. i'm glad it's really really wonderful and what is so what's the grape for again Mavazia. Malvasia Malvasia
2: Malvasia um yeah and it's a it's a white grape I mean it makes Madeira it makes still wine it makes sweet wine yeah this is it in a sparkling form slightly cloudy but slightly cloudy. really
1: really subtle yes not too acidic
2: really no not at all it's a soft wine. it's yeah. a soft grape it's not a grape that's known for high acidity yeah. it's a grape that's kind of known for body and lushness. Absolutely. Yeah, and it kind of brings in kind of like nutty yet fruity tones. Yeah,
1: cheesy. It's just that lower end stuff, back of palate more so than the very, very tip. Mm-hmm. It's been lovely chatting. Thanks so much for sharing. Thanks for having story. me. Thank you. Well, there we have it, everybody. The first master psalm ever to enter my house and the first master psalm that I've ever got to really dig in deep and ask those very tough questions like what kinds of swear words do you like to use? I had this massive opportunity, and yet again, I went to the gutter. June continues to be a leading personality, and she's heading up the beverage program as beverage director for the McGuire Mormon Hospitality Group. talk about Jeffrey's, you talk about Josephine House, you talk about Perla's. If those three weren't enough to get a great meal, have a great ambiance, and have great cocktails, we can always look forward to the new June Place, June's, Wine-heavy, probably, but yet accessible, friendly, and always looking to do something new, like June herself. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Wine Week at Show to V with Mike G. As always, a pleasure bringing these conversations to you. And no matter what your plans are and what kinds of French fries you prefer to eat, small-cut, thick-cut sweet potato fries, despite Francisco tries having a large opposition to them, Please keep dancing.